Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Mindless minions. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, end time watchwoman, Sheila Zelensky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Wednesday, April 29th, 2015 edition of the Sheila Zelensky Show. I am, of course, your host, Sheila Zelensky, and folks, you can hear me every weekday, Monday to Friday, right here at WeekendVigilante.com. You can also download the TuneIn Radio app and type in WWCR2 and listen that way, or you can download the MixLR app and search Weekend Vigilante, that's M-I-X-L-R. And please do subscribe to my podcast, and you can download any episode. Just click on the big pink button on the right-hand side of my website, you'll see it there. Folks, my guest today is none other than my good friend Nathan Leal from Watchman Cry. He is a watchman. God has given him many prophetic dreams and visions, and he's here to talk about something astonishing that he discovered when he was praying about Jade Helm. Without further ado, Nathan Leal, welcome back to the program. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Sheila. It's very timely. We have to uh, talk about some things that are very important that God's people and that those who are awake need to know about. People do need to get informed, and these awaken savvy listeners, and I do have some sharp listeners. I adore them. I'm so very thankful that many of them are awake, but you guys also need to snap others out of their stupor. I recommend going to some of your neighbors and recommend shows like this. Nathan and I will do the dirty work for you. But Nathan, we as watchmen and women, we cannot even keep up to these sci-fi headlines. And I said to Greg Evenson yesterday, it feels like I'm in a bad episode of Body Snatchers. And here's the thing. Don't get distracted, folks, at this counter psyops, false flag in Baltimore. I truly believe we saw the same thing play out in Ferguson. I believe it was a beta test. We saw the draconian militarized police swoop in. This is very serious when the National Guard is called in. Riots are very suspicious how they got started. So again, I really believe that some of this is designed to get our eyes off the bigger issue, and that is that we need to get a game plan together here for what's coming in literally weeks. Where I want to start with all this, Nathan, is break down the astonishing 
revelation that I really believe God gave you on the Jade Helm logo. I really find it quite astonishing. So break it down for my listeners. Okay, Sheila, I was talking to you off the air, and I I happened upon this. um, I kind of consider myself, of course, being a watchman up on the wall, looking at the horizon, but at the same time, I scour the news and try to make sense of things that really don't make sense. And in order to do that, it takes two things. It takes, of course, the discipline of asking questions and then trying to answer them. And so that's, I guess, our brain power, our reasoning, and you understand that. You have that. I also depend on prompting from the Holy Spirit. So when I'm studying a certain topic, I'll ask a lot of questions, and at times I will be prompted by the Holy Spirit. But, you know, sometimes you don't know if it's the Holy Spirit or just you or or both. That's how God works through us. So I was prompted about three weeks ago to dissect the logo and to take it into Photoshop and to play with it to see if I could find out what that weird glob was in the middle. Because when you first look at it, and by the way, I'm talking about the Jade Helm Master of the Human Domain logo. It's everywhere. Uh, It's on my website. By now, most people have seen it, Sheila, I'm pretty sure. And when I was initially looking at that, I could make out the shape of what looked like a shoe, but I wasn't sure. And I remember hearing someone say, it looks like a broken arrow because it just looks empty in the middle. And so what I think could be one possibility, and and that's also what I do is when I hear suggestions, I place them on the table as a maybe. So I don't want to discount anything. And maybe, Sheila, there are several layers to this. So maybe a broken arrow is part of it. So this image kind of does that. So we can leave that on the table, which, by the way, means sabotage to our uh, nuclear missiles. There was a movie about it way back when. That's where I started. So when I took it into Photoshop, I zoomed in on it, and I could see that it was a shoe when I zoomed in. But I wasn't sure what kind of shoe it was, so I tried to change the levels in Photoshop, and it really didn't help until I turned it into a negative. I inverted the values, and then that's when everything came forth. My website, it says Notes and Images on the top of the page. You can click that, and it'll bring these images up, and then you can see them for yourself to show family members. And I want to encourage people to do that, Sheila, because a lot of times people struggle trying to show their family members things that just don't add up. And right here I have the images so that you can, people can discuss it amongst themselves and ask the questions of, wow. Because one thing we cannot do now that we have these images, Sheila, we can't deny that it's there. I want to ask the listeners to do that so they can see it and they'll see what we're talking about. The question needs to be asked now. Why? Now, when I was trying to research this before the Holy Spirit prompted me to do what I did, for several weeks there were people were throwing out someone said it on, on a website or a forum, and then it kind of took off, and a lot of people were echoing the same thing. They, they said, well, the shoe means a sabbat, the French word for shoe, so it means sabotage. And people were talking about that for a few weeks. I saw that, and you might have yourself. Yeah, I got I emails about yet. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but when you look at the logo as a whole, when it says Jade Helm on the top and Master of the Human Domain, there's two arrows and a, a sword or a knife, and then that shoe. If it only means sabbat or sabotage, because people say it means sabotage, well, how does that work in the Army or the Special Forces' favor by putting sabotage there? Because usually sabotage is what the people do to government forces. So on their patches and on their insignias, the U.S. military, depending on what battalion they're a part of or, or wing group, usually when you look at the insignias of our military, they will put objects 
in the insignias that illustrate their toys and their weapons that they use against the uh, opposition. So they'll put machine guns and lightning bolts, arrows, weapons basically of war will be on the insignias to show they're tough. That's a given. That's understandable. So a shoe is on their insignia. How can we translate that to mean a weapon? So that needs to be placed on the table. If it only means sabotage, why would the military say, we're going to use sabotage against our opposition? The military doesn't operate that way. The military, when they show up, they show up to break things and to burn things and to break the will of the people and to win. They don't go in there to, to play games of sabotage. They go in there to get it done. The U.S. military, strongest power ever in the history of mankind, that's what they do. So I don't agree with the sabot interpretation. So when I took it into Photoshop and I reversed it, you can see, and if you have the image in front of you, you can see that on the shoe is a, it looks like a square and there's little dots along the edge of it and it looks like a, maybe a rose or a swirl inside where the buckle is located. And then in front of that area are three lines. So I highlighted those things. I put a circle around them and, and on my website, Jade Helm Part 3, the notes, you can see what I'm talking about. With that information, then, that gave me a, a, enough reference, a reference point to then search, because it does look like a wooden shoe. I, I already knew that, so I searched on the Internet to see if there was a wooden shoe that looked like the one in the Jade Helm logo, and lo and behold, Sheila, one of the most popular designs, and this has been a popular design for decades, going back to the early 1900s, where in Amsterdam and Holland, wooden shoes are very popular there, and they will make the shoes, but to keep them from being boring, they'll paint pretend shoelaces or buckles or stitching or design. Well, this design that I found, and I have an image of it also on my website, is the exact picture that's in the Jade Helm logo. And can you see the one that's colorful, the, the red? Yes, and I'm the, looking at it right now. Okay, and you see the swirl and the little uh, dots and then the, the three lines in front of the buckle area? That matches the Jade Helm shoe. So now with that information, we can ask more questions. Okay. The Jade Helm logo does not only have a shoe, but it has a wooden shoe. Now we've confirmed it. So why is there a wooden shoe? And with that in mind, here's where the Holy Spirit really prompted me, and I didn't know, I didn't get it, and I went and took a shower, and does God speak to you in the shower, by the way, Sheila? Isn't that amazing? I, don't know I hear why. that from Always so many people. when there's water running over my head. He does, right? There's something to do with water, because every time I get in the shower, Steve Quayle says this too, and it always happens with me, just a eureka moment in the shower. So I'm in the shower, and... And that's what happened. And those are the words. Do a search for prison with clocks and look what you'll get. So I, I was excited and I got dressed, went to the computer, and I did that. I, I put in wooden clogs and then prison into Google. Okay, so the prompting from the Holy Spirit, he, he helped me. Praise God. I have a snapshot of my notes so people can see it. They can do it themselves. Wooden clogs, prison, and there it was, Sheila. Boom. So there it was, and the hits had to do with many of the Holocaust Memorial Museums that exist today in Auschwitz, in areas of Poland, Austria, they exist today. You can go there and, and see the artifacts from the Holocaust. But they also had photographs of the artifacts, and it was a positive hit, Sheila. It brought up that when Hitler placed his prisoners in the rail cars, and then that when they arrived at the prison camps, I got the Auschwitz website that shows this, and then there's another one in Austria, and then another website that shows a different prison camp. But over and over, it says that when they got off the train, they were stripped of all of their clothes, the jewelry was taken away, and then they were given the issue, prison issue of the striped pajamas, 
with a pair of, depending on if they were strong enough to work, if they look weak, then they weren't given wooden shoes. They were probably given half leather and half wooden shoes or maybe not shoes at all. But if they were strong enough to work, they were given wooden shoes as part of the prison issue. Wooden shoes were a part of the concentration camps. So with that information, Sheila, then that brought up a lot of other questions. Is this what they're telling us? Is Jade Helm actually telling us in plain sight that when the Jade Helm extractions take place, and by now people who are awake who have been following Jade Helm, we're trying to figure this thing out, and by now everyone has heard that it's an extraction drill. The black helicopters are going to land in cities across the, the south and practice extracting citizens and detaining them to take them away to who knows where. We've seen the images from Fort Lauderdale, the, the video. So we know it's an extraction drill. Okay, so when we're looking at the logo, let's break the logo down. We have two arrows, a sword, and then that wooden shoe that illustrates concentration camps. So this is what I believe the interpretation is, Sheila. At this point in time, this is what I think. Now, if information comes forth, and I want to qualify this, that says otherwise or with more information, then I will make an adjustment. But at this point in time, I believe that Jade Helm, the images mean three things. This is what it means. They're telling us that when they land with their Blackhawks in the cities to extract people, when the time comes for martial law, again, let me qualify, Jade Helm could be the practice for when this thing goes live, whether it happens in this, this summer or if it's going to be this fall or a year from now, whenever it happens, they're practicing to extract people. We can't deny that. So when they do this, they can deal with the people they're going to extract in one of three ways. They have two arrows there, so the U.S. military has weapons that come from the air, from the sky, predator drones, missiles, mortar shells. They come from the sky, so they can deal with the opposition with arrows, like the logo says, or with the sword, the, the blade there, which illustrates a, a weapon to kill, which now in modern warfare is a, a, a gun that you hold in your hand, a knife you held in your hand back then, today you hold a gun in your hand. So it could be done with a machine gun, whatever type of guns they have, to kill. Or if they don't kill you, number three can be they will arrest you and take you to a concentration camp or a work camp, an internment camp. And the hint for that is with what I just explained. I said to Dave Hodges on my show, this is about a week and a half ago, I said, are we maybe talking about Kristallnacht, which is in English, it's Crystal Night. It is in German, I believe they call it Kristallnacht, which is Crystal Night. And it's really was the series of coordinated deadly attacks against Jews throughout Nazi Germany and Austria in 1938, where the SA paramilitary forces and German authorities basically came in and they rounded everybody up. And it was just incredible. And the shards of broken glass that littered the streets after the Jewish-owned stores, building, and synagogues had all their windows smashed out. And people can actually look that up and, and read what happened during the additional 30,000 that were arrested and incarcerated in Nazi concentration camps. But that one night, crystal night, it was, I believe, November 28, 1938, that was when they swooped in and rounded everybody up. And so you've got this very strong 
overtone of Nazi Germany. You've got a strong overtone of this crystal knight. I said to Dave, could we be looking at another crystal knight where they're swooping in? But here's the other really interesting angle of this that no one has made this connection. And I'm going to read a part of a book called Nazi Oaks. And I quoted this in my book that's coming out at the end of June called Green Gospel, A New World Religion. One of the things that I make the connection is about the importance of Nazi oaks. But when I did some research on these wooden shoes, I found not only were wooden shoes made out of oak, but oak is very significant to Germans as well. Now, Nathan, the reason I came across this is because I had done this research already for my book. So let me read a quote out of this book. Nazi Oaks, and the book author is Mark Musser, M-U-S-S-E-R. Now, let me read a quote here. This is quite stunning. There is a luxuriant oak tree standing just inside the gated entrance of Auschwitz camp, where I read the sign, Work Makes You Free. There are many stately oaks inside the camp and just outside the entrance. Oak trees also existed in the immediate proximity of a few of the gas chambers and crematoriums as well. The gas chamber doors at both Auschwitz and Treblinka were made of solid oak. At Auschwitz, double oak doors were used to seal the sacrificial fate of all the victims. That Adolf Eichmann was placed in charge of the logistics of the Holocaust is incredibly ironic. His last name virtually means Man of the Oaks. No matter how industrial the Holocaust has so often been characterized, the ancient symbolism of human sacrifice being practiced under the oak trees bleeds through the veneer of Nazi modernism. Eyewitness accounts depict conspicuous lightning rods that were attached to each of the four sides of the crematorium chimneys at Auschwitz. The massive flames that burst out from the chimneys accentuated the lightning rods, especially at night. The Nazi SS letters themselves were iconically stylized after lightning bolts borrowed from nature mystic Gudo von Liszt. Liszt promoted a pan-German nature mysticism called Ariosophy, meaning wisdom of the Aryans. It was both anti-modern, anti-Semitic, and it was mixed with apocalyptism, Norse mythology, paganism, racism, and eugenics. Isn't that stunning? Wow. Wow. So I started researching that, and SS leader Heinrich Himmler was said in writings that the Norse god Thor was not only the god of thunder and lightning, but he was also the god of oaks. And I, when I researched a little more, in German paganism, the sacred oak tree symbolizes fertility, power, and sacrifice. I thought that was really very interesting. And they were into the occult. Deeply into the occult, absolutely. I mean, Hitler's party was National Socialist Party. National Socialism was an ancient fertility cult brought up to date under the scientific guise of eugenics where people were to make sacrifices or be sacrificed for the fecundity of nature. Wow. So, interesting piece of the puzzle. It's way interesting, and what you said, um, that's great information, Sheila. I'm going to follow up on that and research that. I didn't know that they had oaks outside of the camps. There is sort of a disturbing trend, especially when you look at mastering the human domain, isn't there? Indeed, and mastering the human domain, that's what they're going to do. They're, they're going to come in, and they're not going to play games. And see, that's one thing, Sheila, that I think is very important for those who are trying to make sense of this thing. 
we can't take it lightly because the Jade Helm, Jade is a computer program that they've been working on since 1996. I've I found the documents. I have screenshots of some of the early versions of the program, and it's made up of three other programs, and a Prodigy format, and then there's a third one. But it has to do with AI, where the program thinks in real time, and they can insert the information of how the operation is going in the computer will tell them what to do and where to go. And this is another thing, by the way, that could be another program, Sheila. This part's very spooky. A lot of people are saying and talking and discussing, our colleagues, many of those who are trying to make sense of this, of how it's going to be an extraction drill. But one question that a lot of people are not discussing is, okay, they're coming to extract, but who are they extracting? Which names are on their list? And how did the names get on their list? That needs to be digested and and uh, thought about because based on the research that I've done, the extractions, by the time they show up to extract, their homework's done. They know where you live. They have the profile. They know your case history. They, they have your phone records. They, they know all about the person that they're going to extract. There's no question. They have already had them, had them under surveillance, probably with a drone. They know when they go to sleep, wake up. And what a lot of people are missing in this is the well-meaning militia members that are out there that are ready to to fight back. I'm ready. When they try to take me, let them try. You know, I'm, I'll be ready for them. Well, they know when you're not ready. So to just throw out there and, and say tough things like let them try, well, they have it down. They don't just show up when you're ready and, and you're behind your sandbags. The forces of the New World Order have weapons and toys that make ours look obsolete. Ours look primitive. They can spy with their drones or with satellites. They know the lay of the land. They know where all the well-meaning militia people are hiding, which trees are hiding behind. They're not going to be caught off guard. So when it's time for them to do the extractions, they're going to be ready. So at that point, Sheila, what do people do if they're operating just in the natural? It's very important. We need the mind of Christ. We need to be walking in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit to know if our number is up and if it's our turn, you know, if we have a day or two, whether we need to be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit to say, you got two days left, you got one day left, you better get ready. That's the kind of, of discipline that we're going to need to have in the future of what's coming. So it's so important, Sheila, to include the spiritual part of this equation. And the other thing, as far as how they get the names, that's going to happen through infiltration. The U.S. military is practicing and they call it the Human Terrain Project, where they take anthropologists who have studied, and they've gotten real good at it. They learn in Leavenworth, Kansas. That's where the school is to learn this. They go there, and it's a several-month ongoing training where individuals will learn how to immerse themselves into a region or a village or a city and to become just one of the people, one of the gang, one of the new people who moved into town and to scour the area and find out who the potential troublemakers are in the future. So we may have that thing going on right now. I believe it's been going on now for two years all over the country. So for those people that have meetings where they meet and they have open recruitment for people that show up, there's a possibility, Sheila, that infiltration is happening right now across the country. So how do you know who they are, though? when they fit in, when they fit the profile. They're good at this. They're experts at this. How do you know? The only way to figure this thing out is by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way. Because otherwise, it's just suspicion which can break apart a group. If everyone's 
paranoid and, and suspicious about one another, and they're operating on fear and, and the, the mind of man. The mind of man would deceive us every time. So if you want to endure this thing, the Bible tells us, by the way, in the time of the end, during the tribulation, the, the beast, the New World Order beast system, is going to use deception the entire way. That's how they're going to win. So how do you counter deception? Well, we have to have the weapons that God has available for us, which is the mind of the Holy Spirit. So, Sheila, it's not easy to talk about this. To just throw out the information that, hey, it's a shoe, and they're going to extract people and send you to a work camp. Well, okay, that's scary and spooky, and I believe that's going to happen eventually, but my advice, Sheila, is to not be there when they show up. So what do we do? What, what's the lesson in this? What's the advice? Like Nathan just said, the military will first send in people to gather the data. I mean, people have to be looking at new people that are showing up at your community barbecues or, you know, people that are new kind of just trying to infiltrate because they, like you just said, these human terrain experts, these are social scientists who have majored in anthropology they're very good at mapping people they usually have high level of education like a master's or a doctorate you know they are very good at infiltrating and they can arrive early so they can again as you said nathan infiltrate that local community to acquire the data on those people and you talk about this term phase zero and i think that's something people have to get familiar with but also the National Defense Authorization Act that funds the U.S. military has a piece in their budget for this pilot program, doesn't it? It is. And, and how interesting is it, Jade Helm, the, the wording that they word, the buzzwords for this pilot program and the new military budget that was passed in December, it was for uh, Pacificom, and it gave them the money to do it. And then here we go, Jade Helm, which is part of this human terrain phase zero shaping. So... It fits together. This They're going for it, Sheila, and they've been at it for 20 years. They, I'm pretty sure we would be shocked if we saw what their computer can, can do. Yeah, we would probably be amazed. Obviously, we are now, and what is so incredible is this flagrant, egregious demonization of anyone who speaks out, because it's just fascinating that... You know, years ago, you heard right out of George Bush's mouth, let us never tolerate any outrageous conspiracy theories, because, of course, Nathan, two people that are bad never got together and did anything right. <laughs> right. For the people out there that are sleuth and praise God for the smart people, you have a lot of smart, smart listeners, Sheila, and so do I. God bless all the smart ones out there. There's ex-military, there's people in law enforcement that are also trying to research this. I found the website that has some of the, the skeleton, the nuts and bolts of the Jade computer program. And I want to lead people to do their best to gather this information before they take it down. I think it was just in hibernation and they probably forgot about it. But Carnegie Mellon is the university that helped develop the Jade computer program. And this is on their service at their university. But the slides, and there's images of their the user interface of of the program itself. So on my website, in my notes that I suggested people go to, the notes from the Hagman program, and it's, those notes are not just for the Hagman program. I just placed Hagman on it because I was going to be on it, but I had already had these notes. So if, and that's the same link where the images of the shoe are. So if you scroll down to the very bottom of this same page where the shoe is, the J computer program, if you click that, it brings up it looks like an academic website, and it is. Okay, so listeners, please go there. It's, it's a long 
address and if I read it, you probably couldn't write it down. So it's easier just to go to my website and go there and look at the images. But if you start scrolling down, it says tech, technology demonstration, full system view. It has all the inputs where an army commander will input all of the uh, necessary things that they're going to do in their operation, how many uh, uh, vehicles they have, how many troops they have, the weapons involved. It has everything that where they insert and then the program will take that information and then spit out its suggestions but if you look at this program the images this is incredible what they have right here and these screenshots show how the program thinks it takes it it's a combination of three programs uh, the format program the prodigy program and the parker program and they each three do three different things the, the prodigy program does case-based planning, so it plans based on the case, and in order to do that, it has to have the data and the input, and then the format analyzes that information, and then it offers management suggestions, and then the uh, PARCA program takes parallel knowledge. It's called the Parallel Knowledge Representation System, and if you click these links, it explains everything. It even shows a picture of the computer. It's one of those huge fills up a whole room. So these images were are over 10 years old, I believe. So when you see the screenshots of what it can do now, and then if we ask the question, if it can do this then, what can what is it doing uh, today? Yeah, it is because they have such incredible data mining tools. And one of the things that you've talked about in order for the HTS teams to be successful, you were talking about the fact that they have to uncover potential community members, whether it's leaders of militia groups, um, military background kinds of patriots or government policy protesters, those with quote-unquote radical religious beliefs, you know, sympathizers or whatever. But this isn't the first time that this strategy, as you've alluded to, has been used by the U.S. military. You talked about during Vietnam War, the CIA Operation Phoenix. Phoenix program? Yeah. Oh, man. This is the uh, difficult part of uh, when, you, when we consider if we're red-blooded Americans, we want to believe that America's always been good and, you know, military, red, white, and blue, the military in heaven is the American military. You know, we want to believe like that. And Jesus bled red, white, and blue on the cross. And that's just the way Americans are. We're a very unique bunch here in the world because we're proud. We have patriotism. We love our country. And to think... By the way, the awakening process, Sheila, is to hear this information and digest it through pain and aches and tears and, and a denial and then coming back and then having to face reality. That is necessary for everybody that wakes up. 9-11 is one of the hardest things that people need to go through to wake up. But once it happens, then there's no going back. Yeah. And hearing about the atrocities that our military has been involved in over the past several decades, or ever, actually since World War II, Pretty much most of the 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 uh, operations and theaters and engagements we've been involved with are not innocent. We have done some horrible things. And in order for the United States to have kept the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency, it was done by force throughout the world. It was at the end of the barrel of a gun. We had to force nations to use the dollar. And the way you did that was our, our ingenious Einsteins at the heads of our government figured out that, well, we have to, uh, in order to make the dollar tasty for the world, 
we have to get them addicted to it. So our U.S. government sent CIA operatives throughout the, the Central America, South America, Africa, parts of Europe, and one by one, we convinced them that the only way they were going to be able to build that dam and build a new water treatment plant was to get a loan from the IMF, which was in dollars. So every country went along with it, and those that didn't had airplane crashes or their helicopter crash or they had an accident in their spa or a car, the brakes went out on their car. We got rid of administrative leaders in all of these countries by force, and then we placed puppet leaders in their place who would follow along and go along with the IMF plan to uh, take our loans, and then we made them very wealthy. We, we padded their wallets knowingly as long as they continued to use dollars. So that's how we kept the U.S. dollar popular throughout the world. And for those people that didn't want to do it, we started wars with them to get rid of them. And Vietnam was one of those things. So when the, during the Vietnam War, when we were fighting communism now, on paper, in the history books, they say we were fighting the evil Russians and Chinese. That's all it was about. It's way more complex than that. During the Vietnam War, the CIA came up with a pilot program. Actually, it wasn't pilot. It was part of the, the Phoenix program. And there were other names that it went under. But in the Phoenix program, the CIA sent assassins into Vietnam with quotas. And they, these assassins were told that in order for this program to be successful, we need results. So in order to have results, we need dead bodies. So example, one village, one of the assassins was told that every month they had to have 400 dead bodies. They had to assassinate 400 Viet Cong infiltrators or spies in, in this village. So find these spies and kill them and assassinate them. So one of the methods that they used was they went into the village and grabbed people at random and they tortured them and put them under the hot light and waterboarded them and did all their other creative types of torture and said, give us names. And most of the time, these villagers knew nothing, but to stop the pain, they have proven, Sheila, all torture does is just make the people talk and say anything. It doesn't mean it's the truth. So when we were torturing these Vietnamese citizens, civilians, they just gave names of their neighbors, so, oh, thanks, thanks for the name. So the assassins then went and killed the neighbors, whether they were guilty or not. That was the Phoenix program, and through that program, we had 80,000, 80,000 people that they either maimed or killed. For sure, there was 20,000 who were killed, but, Sheila, this is an atrocity. These are war crimes that are beyond, equal to what the Nazis did. But it was the American government, it was sanctioned by the, our our political leaders at the time, and it went on undercover, and that program has the same bones and nuts and bolts that today's human terrain program has. It required anthropologists to go into the villages and gather data, to the data mine from the people, and to, to be spies, to fit in, to find names, etc. And they're using some of the results that they learned and gleaned from that program as well as other programs that they have used through the years, many of them secretive, and now this is the human terrain project that's occurring now. So Jade Helm is going to use data mining to find out the names and, and see here's the end result. The Vietnamese that were being tortured probably didn't care about the CIA program. They didn't care about the name or, or who was behind it. All they cared about was they, they wanted the torture to stop. Leave me alone. Don't arrest my family members. Jade Helm's the same thing. The thing that people need to 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 uh, try to concentrate on and to focus on is that Jade Helm is going to use names to take out. 
So when it's time to take out these prob- troublemakers, I-, I read and I studied how the Human Terrain Project works. Stila, in the uh, while they're data mining, they profile the people in a village and they try to find out who the troublemakers are, and they have different levels of uh, of trouble that they could potentially be, different levels of threats. So if a person is a like maybe a level one extraction or maybe they don't even need to be extracted what do we do in afghanistan now to the level one threats we, we name them terrorists and then we send a predator drone to watch them at their wedding or their funeral or when they're coming home and we send a missile right through the windshield of their vehicle that's level one as long as you label them terrorists it's okay that's how it's viewed well and what's now, stunning though nathan is i guess the more disturbing thing in all this is not just how America could ever sanction such atrocities, but the more disturbing thing is that the U.S. soldiers were somehow convinced that this was okay, and we're seeing that trend today for a lot of very morally confused soldiers who think it's just fine to shoot or kill American people and turning these soldiers into these torturous recruits who do something against their conscience. And that is really, that's quite stunning, isn't it? I believe that when this thing goes live, whenever it happens, whether it's soon, and I believe it's going to be tied to a major event, a huge event, whether it's a false flag or maybe it'll be the crash of the dollar or maybe uh, ISIS will come in and start doing their thing. It's going to be attached to a calamity when this thing goes down. And when it does go down, martial law is going to be declared, and then the extractions will take place because when martial law takes place and it's time for the next morphine process of America to go into the, the next phase of the New World Order plan, they're going to have to get rid of those who will be against it. So when this first occurs, Sheila, there, are, there will be, at the beginning, whether the National Guard or whether it's our U.S. military, there will be our boys involved in this thing at first taking orders but eventually for those people who were corn-fed and raised with a godly conscience eventually a lot of them it's going to start bugging them because you can only go against your conscience for so long that's why we see soldiers coming home knowing they did atrocities and they live under bridges they can't help it so when this thing starts happening there's going to be a lot of soul searching take place in our military forces and of course then we have to break it down into the four the army navy air force and the marines i was contacted by a source who told me that based on the branch of the military there will be more people struggling with their conscience i believe the air force will have the least amount struggling but like the army and marines will, will really struggle and eventually they will they'll lay down the weapon and they'll say, I can't do this anymore. So we're going to see that happen as well. We're going to see our boys, our, our men and women, who are having to do these horrible things that will lay down their weapons or say, I can't do it anymore, and then they're going to turn, and then there's going to be an inner struggle taking place, which is not going to help the, the cause of the New World Order, but it's going to happen. So there, it's just a minefield of chaos that's coming, Sheila. And because of that, though, that's why I have to say, and, I, and this has to be on record, I know there are, there are a lot of well-meaning rah-rah militia people out there, patriots that say, the minute they show up, I'm going to mow them down. I'm not going to put up with it. Sheila, I struggle with those words because these are our fellow citizens. And it, it's not just black and white. It's not cut and dry. Many of the people who at first are a part of the, the operation are eventually going to lay down their weapons and they're going to become sons of liberty. I fully believe that. Right. So... 
we need to pray for the wisdom of God. The rules of engagement are not cut and dry. We have to have the mind of Christ. We cannot just be trigger happy. We have each of the, the events and scenarios are on a case-by-case basis. So I do not just throw out that revolution is the answer and 1776 is the answer, like some people have stated. That's, I don't believe that's wise talk. We have to have the mind of Christ. And that, Now, I'm not saying that we need to just sit on our hands and just take it either. Jesus told us what to do. He said, flee to the mountains when this thing gets going. And the other thing that's really important to, to, to establish is that I, I can't get away from this. I've seen enough military programs recently to, to know that their toys surpass anything that we can think of. So when these extractions take place, the data mining will have already occurred, and the infiltrator will have already inputted into his laptop that, okay, I'm a part of this group, here's when they meet, and in their group, they fully believe that, remember uh, uh, Red Dawn, Wolverines, Yeah. that, that movie? And, and it was cool to watch that, yeah, the, the communists came in and they took care of them, and the Wolverines would sit at the top of a hillside and ambush the convoy, remember that? Yes, I do. And then the convoy were all killed, and they spray-painted Wolverines, and they won. I think a lot of military or militia people today think that's how it's going to take place. It's going to be that simple. You wait at the top, and the uh, occupiers will come by, and you'll take care of them. But it's not 1985 anymore. Your AR-15s, I mean, think about the MRAPs and the complete militarization of the police force. Then you have UN, as Obama, you know, the supreme jihadist in chief has said, having a complete private army. That's bad enough. But when you're thinking about red list execution drills and dissident drills, imposing martial law, and then you've got these jackboot thugs that have invaded your neighborhoods marching in their combat gear through a neighborhood near you. And I've been talking about something else that people are missing for three years. And Dave Hodges and myself, I think, are really the only one who've talked extensively about the fact that there are more foreign troops being spotted on our soil all the time. So you think, well, who is this massive military hardware going to be unleashed against? The stunning thing is you've got an estimated 800 FEMA camps inside the U.S. already. It's not bad enough that these things can hold tens of millions of Americans. So where would the dissidents be marched to? I can't help but look at a story that I broke back in 2011. I was talking about Simon Properties, Nathan, being the largest owners of malls in North America. They inked a deal with DHS to allow their malls to be used as detention centers in times of national emergencies and then why is Walmart who's also been inked in deals why are they mysteriously shutting down stores nationwide because that abandoned or unused department stores can be used for containment it goes back to the Simon Properties issue so that's very disturbing isn't it all of that is disturbing Sheila and see how do you address placing this on the table and if there are the Sons of Liberty that say, you know, when this blue helmets finally show up, the conventional way of doing things from the past, I can't say this enough, I don't believe it's going to work. It's going to take creativity. It's going to take having the mind of God. It's going to take having the wisdom of God, the counsel of God, and operating wisely, not foolishly. The people that operate foolishly and think it's going to be Red Dawn from 1985, they're the ones that are going to go first. They're just, they'll end up in heaven before us plain and simple. And the reason I'm saying all this information is because I want to see people endure 
to the end. The Bible says, he that endures to the end will be saved. What good does it do if a well-meaning person just goes out in a blaze of glory and then they're done and they're gone? Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's a good point. But at the same time, people could argue and say, so what are you saying, Nathan, to go to the camps? No, I'm not saying that either. But we have to know the opposition and we have to understand their planning. If some well-meaning militia people or patriots or Christians get together and they have a brainstorm, okay, let's try to figure something out. And they get out a notepad. And I suggest this, by the way. Pray and ask God for ideas and start writing. But if they, in their one-hour meeting, come up with three to five ideas, let's just say they do, Sheila, here's what the opposition has done. They have a supercomputer that's gone over hundreds of millions of ideas. This is not an easy problem to solve. And I don't believe that it is. And I'm not saying that it is. But what I want to challenge people with, I get emails from well-meaning, and I say, God bless them, the Sons of Liberty members, and they say, Nathan, I don't care what you say. The minute they show up, I'm going to shoot them. I don't, I don't care. Well, okay, if that's your strategy, I don't understand how that brings God glory, first of all. But, okay, is there something else that could have been done besides just that? Because once you're gone, well, who's going to take care of your loved ones? These supercomputers and all the data mining and all the evil clandestine technocratic oligarch and all their minions is no match for the, the Holy Spirit and the living God. So that's one thing we do have in our favor because, you know, over the weekend, Nathan, I was looking at another really weird, strange twist to the whole Jade Helm story. There's an Ohio survivalist and search and rescue expert named Tom Lipshue, and I've talked to him before, and he has an insider documentation that has placed a large order. It's been these deliveries of thousands of portable disaster morgues delivered to four states already, Missouri, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee. And I mean, these things are very sci-fi-ish too. And on top of it, I think you saw this months back where they had those coffin, black coffins. Did you see that a couple yeah, of months back? Enough. I mean, you know, you start looking at DHS ordering guillotines, 233 ammo disappearing. You know, when you really start connecting some dots, you're so right. You really do have to look to the Holy Ghost to really give us some of this information because Jesus says, my people are destroyed through lack of knowledge. It's not pagans he's talking about. He's talking about my people are destroyed through lack of knowledge. So it's very important that people have discernment. And the Word is a discerner, the Bible says. So that's really important, isn't it? Yes, I want to make sure that I leave the people with some advice from the Bible. It serves no good purpose to be dead, whether you're dead in the camp or dead in the blaze of glory. It, it doesn't do any good. I think a good purpose is to stay alive and to endure and to protect your loved ones and your family. That's in my opinion. But does that mean that you just become a part of the, uh, the uh, deceived ones and the brainwashed ones? No. The early church had to deal with this when they started. They started off, they were birthed in persecution. The early church knew they had a discipline and a, and a mental way of thinking. They knew that at any given time, any of them could, have, could be arrested and killed and they were okay with it. They had processed it, but that's how they lived. They had a mental discipline that is a stranger to us here in the West. When we look also at the Western Church, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the church that survived under the Soviet Union, same thing. We know the stories from history, how they were arrested and sent to the Gulag in Siberia because they were Christians. And pastors by the hundreds, by the thousands, were arrested and murdered, mistreated in the, in the Soviet Union. We know that now. 
and I have read the stories and, and the testimonies. I've heard them personally from people who talked about the conditions in Romania and how it was in Russia and having, trying to survive because at any given moment you could be arrested. And Sheila, the way that they survived is they lived and breathed listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit would say, okay, you've been meeting at this house for the last three weeks. Now change for the next month, go here, and now go there. That's how God protected them. And the Bible tells us all day long that that's how we're supposed to live. But how many people are thinking about that? I, I, I need to stress this more than anything. In the book of Ezekiel, I want to give a reference to this, chapter 12 and 13. Ezekiel was telling the people that judgment was coming, and the people had the habit of doing what our haters do today, Sheila, the, you know, your haters and mine and Steve Krauss. They say, okay, where is it? I, I hear this the most people complaining about Steve, and they say, you know, he's been saying this for 20 years, where is it? And so their logic is, since it hasn't arrived, that must mean it never will. That's kind of like the same logic of saying, okay, you always tell me to wear a seatbelt, but I've never been killed, so why should I wear it? It's the same <laughs> yeah, kind of that's logic. that's a good analogy. But in, in Ezekiel 12, verse 22, God's talking to Ezekiel, and God says, Son of man, what is this proverb that you people have about the land of Israel, which says, now the people in Israel kept saying, it's never happened, so you must be a liar, Ezekiel. And, and look how God puts it. God says, Israel says, the days are prolonged and every vision fails. So what's your problem, Ezekiel? Your vision has failed because it hasn't happened yet. Our days are prolonged. Where's the judgment? God goes on and says, tell them, therefore, thus says the Lord, I will lay this proverb to rest. They shall no more use the proverb that the days are prolonged. In other words, God is saying, you know what? I am done postponing the judgment. And that's in verse 28. Thus says the Lord God, none of my words will be postponed anymore. It's going to be done. So God was telling the prophet, go let them know. This is it. So when it does arrive, here's some advice. So in chapter 13, verse 4, it says, Oh, Israel, you, your prophets are like foxes in the desert. In other words, they take you to the wilderness. They don't give you a good, good water to drink because they're false. He's talking about the fake ones, kind of like what we have today, saying it's never going to come. And the prophets say, You have not gone up into the gaps to build a wall for the house of Israel to stand in the day of battle. In other words, God is saying, the people of Israel have not filled the gaps in their wall, because here's what they've done. Verse 10 says, they have built their walls, in other words, their fortresses. They believe that their protection is man-made. And you know how people do that? I have my AR-15, and I, know, I, I can deal with the UN blue helmets. I can deal with them in my own strength. It's kind of like this. God says, one builds a wall, but they plaster it with untempered mortar. Say to those people who plaster their walls with untempered mortar that it will fall. Verse, verse 14, so I will break down the wall that you have plastered with untempered mortar and bring it down to the ground because its foundation will be uncovered. It will fall, and you shall be consumed in the midst. What's the moral of the story? Sheila, if people can get a hold of one thing, it's this. What are people depending on for their wisdom when this thing goes down? What, what is their fortress built on? What is their foundation built on? Is it built on other cool gadgets and their cool weapons and, and the knowledge of man? If, it's, if that's what it's limited to, then that's untempered mortar, and it's not going to make it. It's going to fail. In order to be able to make what's coming during the judgment, you have to have tempered mortar that's tempered with the Holy Spirit. That's the bottom line. It has to be strengthened 
by God himself. The Lord has to be the one that built the house, and we have to make sure that we're depending on him, trusting on him, trusting in the Holy Spirit. I see so many articles about Jade Helms coming, this and that, get ready, lock and load, keep the powder dry, K-bar sharp. It sounds cool, but you know what's missing from so many of the articles from the well-meaning colleagues that we have, Sheila? The, the, the part about God in the equation. And unfortunately, history has already given us this lesson, and man will never learn it. When Babylon showed up, surrounded Jerusalem for a year and a half, and then finally went in and bulldozed Jerusalem and burned it down, the patriots never listened to Jeremiah. Even after they were surrounded, they wouldn't listen to Jeremiah. After Babylon went in and destroyed the city, they still didn't listen to him. And then after Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar left a puppet governor in Jerusalem and left, the patriots still would not listen to Jeremiah. Never. And as a result, what happened to him? They all died. All of them. Exactly. Because well, God couldn't bless them. God didn't bless them. And, you know, Nathan, you know this very well, being a watchman. I know this being one of the few watchwomen out there that, you know, we're not commissioned to just sit on a wall and throw parties here. We are called to be watch people and we get called fear mongers and we're this whole adjacent term we're promoting fear porn the whole purpose of our programs is not to cause panic or fear but it's because think about the most frequently stated verse in the bible nathan is fear not jesus said trust in your ar-15s right no he said trust in me with all your heart our god never fails and us holy spirit filled believers They really need to, I think, at this point in time, Nathan, is to say, Lord, are you showing me the things you want me to see here? Because even though we look at these headlines and in the natural, it is, I admit, beyond a science fiction, but it doesn't matter really what happens on this planet because the one thing that we really need to make sure, and especially for people that don't know Jesus, we need to repent, we need to be believing in Jesus, getting water baptized, receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and really getting our house in preparation. And that really means spiritually getting prepared, doesn't it? Amen, indeed. And with that said, though, let's say someone does all that, and they've done their homework, and they're operating by fearing God. God can use a spirit-filled warrior to defend the innocent and to make a difference. The, the people that do know their God, keyword, do know, will be what, Sheila? We love this verse, right? Will be strong and do exploits. They will. So God will have some warriors that will be up in heaven, and there will probably be a ceremony in heaven and say, okay, next, come on, tell us what you did, and, you know, you, you depended on God. So I'm not saying that we have to just be wimps in this. I'm not saying that, because I, I don't believe in pacifism. I do not. I believe that when this thing goes down, there will be a, a requirement for, for men to defend their families and for mothers to defend their children, and for people to defend the innocent, there will be that requirement. But if we're doing that, let's do it with the mind of Christ, so that the rules of engagement will be tempered with good mortar, so that we don't just react, and instead we are led, so that we stay one step ahead of the enemy and the opposition, so that we know where to be and where they're, where they're going to be, so when they show up, they'll say, hey, they're, again, they, how did they get away? You know, God can make the drone go black. God can turn people invisible. So the Soviet Union has many testimonies where, did you hear about that guy? I, I don't remember his name right offhand. He used to smuggle Bibles, and at the border, the guards would say, okay, open the trunk, and he'd open the trunk, and there was like a thousand Bibles in the trunk, and they they would look into the trunk, and their eyes were blinded, and they said, okay, 
you don't have anything that was shows. That, uh, was that Dimitri Dudeman when he was in communist Romania? Well, I heard this story from earlier, an earlier version. Now, it might have happened to him, too, because God, he could keep doing it. But <laughs> things like that, though, right? Isn't that incredible? Well, what does uh, what does Psalm ninety one uh, seven say? A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. I mean, when we're living in very supernatural end times, it's important that people understand that God is also not playing around. I mean, ISIS and all this, you know, I mean, we know ISIS is the face of the devil himself, but none of this mm-hmm. is any match for God. And, you know, I think about the ultimate coup d'etat that happened in heaven when Satan earned himself a one-way ticket out of heaven as, you know, final destination is hell. We have to remember that God is in charge and that is really the lucrative thing here. And he also, you know, Jesus said, occupy until I come. He also didn't say, sit around and sing Kumbaya while Rome burns around us either, didn't he? No, he didn't. So we have uh, some work to do, Sheila. Our homework. (laughs) Number one, though, let me advise this. For the moms and dads listening, get your house in order so that God will protect you and then minister to your kids. There's a lot of struggling teenagers that have Babylon in them and try to help them. Try to help them overcome and, and deal with things finally instead of ignoring them. So there's there's healing to do with all of us, and we need to, to be working on that right now in the time that we have left. Well, in the waning moments, Nathan, would you mind uh, leading our, our audience into a prayer? I just really feel in my spirit that, you know, we really need to be really focused on prayer and fasting in these last days it is so important especially to be in the word as i just said the word is a discerner yet people's bibles are collecting dust it makes my blood boil and people you need your daily bread so make a commitment after you hear this show that every day you're going to get into your word and get a really good devotional i have a fantastic smith wigglesworth devotional just go get yourself a good devotional stay away from these new age devotionals like jesus calling from Sarah Young, which is, don't get me, that's a whole program on its own. But it's really important for people to be in the Word and really pressing into God, isn't it, Nathan? You mentioned Smith Wigglesworth. That guy is incredible. Every 15 minutes he prayed, he brought his his wife back to life after she died. He raised how many from the dead? There was 39 documented and about 27 others that they say were probably never documented. So, I mean, that's, you know, there, there probably is close to 80 people that he raised from the dead. Isn't that incredible? incredible by the way folks the book of acts is really a hand manual and jesus said what he did you will do also we need to be doing the great commission we need to be laying hands on the sick casting out devils and nathan please do go ahead and lead our listeners into a prayer okay heavenly father i thank you for this opportunity got to be on this program and lord for all the people that are listening you see them where they are god god you see them in their situation there's a lot of people out there that are that are hurting. There's a lot of people that have a lot of questions. There are people that are lonely. Some feel abandoned. There's people that are at the bottom of the rope. They're just barely hanging on. Lord, there's a lot of people, and you know that you see them, that are struggling. And, Father, I just pray that you would touch them even right now as we pray and, and we seek you. Let them know, God, that you love them and that you care for them. For those people that are struggling and they're struggling with sin, they're out of fellowship. Lord, with your Holy Spirit, draw them near to you. Draw them 
and break through the crust of, of the stony heart that makes it difficult for them to, to come to you. Lord, draw them and woo them with the convicting power of your spirit so that they will come forth with an open and a laid bare heart, with a broken heart. And Jesus, forgive them as they repent to you. I pray that you would, you would open the eyes of those that are, aren't understanding repentance and show them what the cross is, God. Show them what repentance is. Show them, Lord, to lay down that burden that they've been holding on to, that they're carrying. For those that are tolerating things in their lives that they shouldn't, for those that are struggling with the voice of the enemy, I just come against that right now, and I, I bind the voice of the enemy. I bind deception. I bind the foul spirits that would come against them and, and, and try to reap havoc and confusion and depression and oppression. In Jesus' name, you let them go. They are God's property. In the name of Jesus, I bind you, powers of darkness. You let them go. And God, break through the shackles, Lord. Tear the shackles down and let them be strong so that they can lift their hands to worship you, Lord, and to submit and to surrender everything to you. Ask you to be their Lord. Let them totally 100% surrender, God, to pick up their cross and follow you and to no longer pretend and to no longer play games. And I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for coming on the program tonight, Nathan. Oh, thanks for having me, Sheila. Folks, that was Nathan Liel from WatchmansCry.com. Bookmark that website and send Nathan an email. Let him know you heard him on the show today. Folks, I want to remind you that Timothy Alberino is on the show tomorrow. So that's going to be a great show. And then Friday, I also have a special guest. So make sure you're tuning into the broadcast, folks. And please do remember that this ministry is 100% listener-funded. So please do what you can if you're blessed by the show, folks. I thank you for tuning in tonight. Good night, and God bless.